Hey, bookworms. Welcome to the Picky Bookworm Podcast. I am so glad you are here. I am the Picky Bookworm, and I love bringing recognition to indie and self-published books through book reviews, proofreading, and podcasting. Every Saturday, I get to talk to a member of the writing community, from book bloggers to authors and even other podcasters like myself. I'll include a link to my website where you can leave a comment with your thoughts on the show or questions for the author that I may not have gotten to. You can also find information on how to sponsor this podcast. Ready? Grab your tea, wine, or laundry, and let's get to it. Today's episode is sponsored by Papillon Dupere Publishing. Papillon Dupere Publishing is a niche publishing label that works with authors of commercial and literary fiction, both established and new. P2P is a mission-driven, aiming to bring to market quality work often overlooked by mainstream publishers. Papillon Dupere works a dual model, publishing both traditionally and through an agile hybrid system that guarantees publication for independent authors. Papillon Dupere works meaningfully with writers on their writing journey. Ask them for any testimonials regarding how their team might be able to help you on your writing and publishing journey. Let their authors, clients, and associates tell you. They have a Facebook writers group. They have a website. Uh, you can see that at Papillon Dupere. That is P-A-P-I-L-L-O-N hyphen D-U hyphen P-E-R-E dot com. And you can submit a query to them or email them with any questions. Thank you so much. This episode is sponsored by Caroline Fleur. She wrote the book Destiny and Other Dilemmas. You can find it on Amazon in Kindle format and paperback format. Here is the blurb. Brooke Stern seemed to have the perfect life until she didn't. After an unexpected turn of events that shook her marriage of 15 years, she must navigate her new normal as a single independent woman. Juggling her son's food allergies, her demanding career, and growing interest in a mysterious man, she's determined to restart her life and find a clear path ahead. When she finally reclaims her courage, she is confronted with the harsh consequences of her choices. Any step forward is a potential risk as she tries to make the best decisions for herself and the future of her family. That is, if destiny doesn't step in and decide for her. Based on that, I think I need to own that book as well. Um, I will include a link to the Amazon as, so that you can purchase this book and support the author just as the author has chosen to support this podcast. Thank you, Caroline, and thank you, Chris. Uh, you can find her book in the show notes as well. Thank you both for supporting the Figgy Bookworm. everybody. I am here with Tigon Moss, a author that I know from Twitter, and we are going to talk about his book and some other books and lots of other stuff. So let's get started. Hello, Tigon. Hi. How are you today? Uh, physically well, mentally up, financially insecure, Social acceptable and a lot of fun at parties. Okay. Um, how is the weather out where you are? I think you're in, you said you're in California. I'm in Southern California and today is a beautiful, beautiful cloudy day. Oh. And we have we have the anticipation of rain tomorrow. Okay. And so uh I'm I'm looking forward to it. It hasn't rained in quite a while and so uh my plants and my animals and everybody is very happy about the prospect of rain yeah rain in california just seems it it seems just weird because you never hard well hardly ever hear about rain in california it's just always everybody's talking about the drought in california so I, I live in uh, I live in a semi-remote area, and I'm uh, uh, sort of not quite in the foothills, but almost in the foothills. And 
it snows uh, when it rains. It snows in the mountains right above uh, my house at the virtually at the top of the street, and so the snow comes down to about three houses of my house and stops. Oh wow! And, um, uh, it's all it's always nice to have it rain. I look forward to. Uh, the snow, I, uh, it's perfect for me. I like to see it. It's very pretty. I don't have to shovel it. I'm happy. Yeah, I, I live in Oklahoma, and we will get the occasional snowstorm. Um, we actually had a few years ago, I don't remember, probably close, I want to say close to nine or ten years ago, we had um, what we called uh, Ice Mageddon. Um, it was, we had, it was an ice storm, literally, and it was, uh, weighing trees down. Trees were falling on houses, trees were falling on cars, um, you know, power lines were, were falling down because the ice was so heavy and it, it was gorgeous. It was absolutely beautiful. You look out your house window and it was absolutely beautiful, but then you think about, the danger that it was causing. I mean, power lines were falling and, you know, people were going without power for days and sometimes weeks. And in the middle of winter, when it's 25 degrees outside, you don't want to go without power. (laughs) It's just not something you want to go without. So it was, that was a, it was, I want to say, close to three weeks before the ice finally completely melted. Um, and it was, that was a tough year. It that was weird. Um, but anyway, let's get. And I had, uh, had lived in the local mountains for, uh, 20 years or so. And, uh, we had that problem where the weight of the snow would, uh, push the trees over, we pulled the power lines down and we were, uh, uh, we were on a back road. We were without, um, we weren't able to get out, weren't able to, uh, uh, no power, no electric, no nothing. It was very, uh, uh, uh yeah, it was very disappointing. For the most it's... part you go, oh, uh, to hell with the rest of the world. We don't want to be bothered. Once you get cut off from the rest of the world, you're going, you know what? I, I, I think I changed my mind. I, uh, I want that Twinkie after all. Damn, I'm not walking, <laughs> walking three miles to the store to get a Twinkie. I, in the snow. I had, there was one year that we had gotten, um, probably within like a week's time, um, actually no less than that, within about three to four days time, we had gotten close to two feet of snow, uh, which is super weird for Oklahoma. We get a lot of ice but we don't get a lot of snow that that's, that that's so deep. Um, usually it'll snow and then the next day it'll be like 60 degrees. And so all the snow will melt off. Um, but this particular year we had gotten close to two feet of snow within like three days. And we, I lived with my parents at the time and we had a probably 40 to 50 foot long driveway that had that we had to shovel by hand and when we finally got it shoveled we you know I decided I am going to the store Uh, we have a um, a convenience store here called quick trip I don't know if they have them out in California or not Um, but we had one less than a mile from the house and the car that I had at the time what I drove a PT cruiser and if you if you've never driven one in the snow they're amazing they're absolutely incredible in the snow because the front end is real narrow but then it widens out to where the back end has a really wide base and so the the way that the car is set up it's really 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 steady and on the ice and on the snow it's just it's amazing in that type of weather And I had one at the time and I'm like, I'm going to the store. I have been stuck in this house for three days. I have to go somewhere. So I made the mistake of posting on Facebook, 
just jokingly, I'm like, hey, I'm going to the store. Anybody need anything? And I had so many people commenting, saying, it's too hard to drive in this, you know, blah, 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 blah. Be careful and, you know, don't go anywhere. Stay inside where it's safe. And I'm like, I'm going less than a mile from my house. I think I'll be okay. And so I drove, you know, to a quick trip, got my snacks or whatever it was that I wanted and came back to the house. And I think I was gone maybe 30 minutes. Like it wasn't even that much, but just that tiny little trip outside of my house was so amazing for the stir crazy cabin fever that I had from being stuck in the house. Because, you know, I was really close with my parents and it, you know, it had nothing to do with the people that I was around. It was just, I wasn't used to being stuck in a house for that long without being able to go anywhere. And the funny thing is, if it hadn't been snowing outside, I probably would have been just fine staying in my house because I'm a total homebody. I love being in my house. It was just the fact that I couldn't go anywhere that made me suddenly want to leave. <laughs> it's just, yep, I yeah. agree. So, uh, okay. I agree. Yeah. So, let shoveling, oh, shoveling snow is horrible. It's, yeah, horrible. Um, okay, so let's talk about your book. Um, you are an author, correct? I think I saw that on your Twitter bio. <laughs> I I have several. I have seven books. I'm published by Art Publishing, and I write in a variety of genre. Nice. Okay. So let's talk about your most recent book. Um, is it part of a series? Is it a standalone? Tell yeah. us a little bit about it. Yes. The <clears throat> the last one that I, I had out is uh, called uh, Black Moon, and it's the second book in my Littlefield series. And uh, Tucker Littlefield is... Um, in his late 50s and uh, I know that's kind of old for uh, a hero uh, but he's um, uh, he doesn't want to be a hero he, he's a liar a cheat a thief and uh, finds himself in a variety of situations where he has no choice and he always makes the right choice fortunately and it gets him into even more trouble so uh, Black Moon is the, the second part of the, the, the first one. He is uh, coerced, uh, blackmailed into um, uh, the king is having a, a birthday party for the queen. And uh, the party has crashed. Uh, the, uh, the, the king's niece is uh, kidnapped. And um, the... Uh, the governess for her um, blackmails Tucker into going and looking for her. And uh, he is uh, teamed up with uh, Anon, who is a, uh, a Yonda. He's a giant. And um, the, the two go looking for him. As it turns out, they run into a, a good deal of trouble before they uh, before they find her and, uh, in black moon two years have gone by and um, uh, Anon was um, captured and uh, presumed killed in the first book um, the leader of the Norha who had uh, had had him uh, who had taken the king's niece, um, kept him alive and tortured him and tormented him and that type of stuff. Book two is um, uh, every 28 years in this particular world, uh, there is a, an eclipse and uh, there is like a, uh, a crater uh, in the middle of uh, the desert where um, the shadow of the moon 
brings a full 100% total uh, eclipse. And it happens every 28 years. And so for the kindred, there are nine tribes in the kindred, and um, that is there for them. It's the, the signal that it's the next uh, tribe's turn to rule the kindred. And in this particular time, uh, everybody's had their their say, as it were, but um, this time um, it's the Norha and the Norha are the uh, uh, they're cannibals they're terrible smelly horrible horrible people that um, kill and murder and eat everything they can and it's now their turn to uh, uh, to rule the kindred and so um that doesn't and sound like a very good situation. That, well, uh, it, it, it's uh, everybody, uh, you have nine tracks, and everybody has their chance to rule the way they want to rule. And I don't think it's any different than the silliness that we do every four years in November. Yeah. And I, I uh, agree it's, it is so, silliness. <laughs> yeah, and so... Um, uh, when when Tucker goes, um, the Ojin are in charge, and um, the um, uh, all of the tribes are uh, a, a version of uh, of human. All one head, two arms, and uh, all the rest of it. But uh, uh, few of them are human looking. And uh, the Ojin, who are in charge now, are the most like uh, Tucker Littlefield, who is uh, a human. And um, uh, everybody, all the other tribes, all the other peoples, all those are three to four feet taller than he is. And so the Pitchman's uh, the nine to 12 foot range. Uh, and <clears throat> when they go, uh, they're waiting for the black moon, and it's the law, and it's the one thing about all the tribes that there is uh, a um, standard of law that everybody follows, even the Norha, and um, that uh, because it's the black moon, all nine tribes show up as this same giant crater and wait for <clears throat> the sun to blot out and for the new sun to come and the new ruler to take over. Okay. And <clears throat> the ruler, Mojin, carries a, 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 a spear. And that spear is the symbol of the law and is handed from one, um, it's called a shalik, like we would call it a king or president, or it's called a shalik. And so that shalik hands that spear to the next shalik. And that means that the law has been transferred from that tribe to the new tribe. Okay. And when uh, when everything goes black because the moon is co has covered up the sun, uh, when the light comes back, uh, the old Shalak has been murdered, and the uh, the knife that's in his back that killed him um, is the new Shalak's knife. Ooh! And so it it creates a. Um, it creates a, a, a problem that um, now the kindred is ready to go to war. And um, as chaos starts to take over and and everybody starts to fight and battle themselves, uh, they're charging uh, up on this platform where the, the Shalak's body is. Uh, Tucker is knocked down and rolls over and, and, and finds the, uh, the spear and picks it up to protect himself. Once he has the spear, and the spear, which has um, a cognizant level of, of recognition, accepts him as the leader. And everybody, um, uh, it makes him now the leader of the kindred. Nobody is happy about it. Not Tucker, not Tucker's wife. Nobody, everybody is, is not happy. Okay. And so... 
Um, so do you read and write in the same genre? Because this is this obviously sounds like fantasy. Uh, yes, it is. Yes, it's fantasy. Uh, I read... Um, uh, I read a lot of um, science fiction. I read a good deal of fantasy. I read uh, um, some romance, uh, that kind of stuff. I I read a little bit of everything, and I write a little bit of everything. Okay. So if somebody, since you said you have seven books published right now, what yeah. what book would you tell somebody if they wanted to start? reading your books, which one would you tell them to start with? Uh, most likely Bob. Uh, Bob is... Um, my favorite name in the whole world. <laughs> yeah, Bob is my, Bob is my uh, bestseller and uh, uh, my, my pet baby, the, the favorite fair-haired child. I, I really enjoy Bob. I really enjoy the characters. Um, my publisher has uh, asked me to if, if I could write a Bob too, and uh, it's hard to try. I don't know. I don't know what else I could have them do because uh, Bob is about a um, Bob is about a reporter sent to Arizona uh, to. Uh, this is, book takes place in 1999 and uh, to um, investigate the lights over Arizona. And uh, he doesn't have any feelings about uh, UFOs or aliens one way or the other. He, he doesn't care less as far as that's concerned. And he, uh, where he first gets here and, and, and he's at a motel, he's been traveling, he's been, he's tired, he's, you know, just, and he asks the um, guy who takes his his um, luggage to his room, I need a car tomorrow. I got an interview. He's going to go see a professor who has uh, proof about the UFOs. And uh, uh, the guy sets him up with Bob. And Bob is um, large, uh, overly large, um, Give him like a football player, and he's uh, Russian. Oh, he, gotta love the Russians, man! <laughs> and so when he, you know, when he asks him, he goes, "How how how did you get his name of Petrov?" He goes, "How did you get from that Russian name to Bob?" And he says, "Well, I'm uh, I'm an American. I'm an American now. So American is Bob is an American name. I'm an American, Bob." And uh, Bob, um, everybody needs a Bob. And so uh, Bob is a little on the nefarious side. He, um, uh, he wants to get paid for um, everything. Uh, I, have a, uh, I have a scene in it where um, they're trying to uh, break into a, a, this Professor Thorpe who has uh, undeniable proof there were aliens and uh, and that kind of stuff. But he hasn't given it to him yet. So um, Peter, the newspaper guy, has, has told Bob, you know, I'd, I'd like to get in and see this because there's something happening, something was happening in the basement. So um, while they were at his uh, compound, they could, there was a door at the end of the hallway that opened up and somebody was watching them. And so he... he he brings um, uh, Fred, and Fred is a, um, a small, uh, very demure uh, black guy that um, says, oh, I, you know, it's my cousin, my cousin Fred. And everybody that Bob brings, he, he tells Peter is his, his cousin. And Bob has a lot, a lot, a lot of cousins. And... Uh, they're negotiating to what's going to um, what's it going to cost me to break in? You know, I just I'm just I just want to look around, and um, um, Bob doesn't let Fred talk, and um, Fred clearly speaks English because uh, he says hi, dude, when he comes in, and uh, 
tells him that that uh, Fred's parents live too close to the nuclear plant, and so Fred doesn't have a brain for uh, for English. And uh, so they negotiated price, and and uh, Fred is is bitching to Bob about, hey, I, I get, you said I could talk this time. No, 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 no talking. And, and uh, Peter can hear this, and hears that he's, he's speaking English, and 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 so Bob tells him uh, four hundred dollars, and um, and he he tries to he goes, no, I get, uh, I'll give you two hundred. Oh no, 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 no. Fred's uh, very unhappy. You're you're taking the food from his mouth, and it's not in Fred's mouth yet. 200 and they they argue back and forth and and um bob at uh, at, at every turn is weaseling uh, money uh, from peter and from other people uh, whichever way that he can uh, bob is a, a a larger than life character he's very uh, uh he's very funny without without meaning to he he's uh because of how he sees the world and how he does things, um, like he's in a hotel and and uh, uh, the this woman uh, who manages the hotel uh, upgrades him, gives him a better room and that kind of stuff. And, and um, Bob gives her a kiss and tells her, "Boo I'll, I'll see you later." And and uh, Peter asks him, "Goes, there's something you want to tell me?" Is that and he goes, what? It's his cousin. And he goes, they look like more than cousin to me. He goes, oh, it's kissing cousin. And it, it's the kind of it's the kind of guy that he is. And it, it, it's um, the the book is, in my opinion, um, very funny. It's very um, uh, um, all my books are are funny. They're very fast paced. They're relatively short. Um, I like I like making uh, people laugh and uh, to see the world just a little bit differently than than most people see it. Uh, I, I like to um, lead them down the hallway and they're convinced we're going to turn to the right and I turn to the left. It's a uh, um, it's the fun part about writing. Okay. So Bob would be my. Bob would be my first one. Okay, awesome. Um, and uh, so it's the book is actually named Bob. So we so I can hunt rent it down on Amazon. Okay, I will be sure to link that one in the show notes for everybody. Um, so hopefully they will go and check it out. Um, what what are you reading right now? Are you reading anything? Um. There isn't anything particularly. Uh, I'm writing the third book in my Littlefield series, and uh, as a rule, I I don't like to um, uh, I don't like to read anything while I'm actually writing because uh, I don't want it to turn out that a good idea turns out not to be mine. Yeah. And uh, uh, you would think you could tell the difference, but but I but I cannot. And so okay. when I'm going along, and the last thing I need is, and uh, when Gerhard uh, reads my stuff, she goes, "Did we watch this on TV the other day? What are you talking about? <laughs> no, this is this is brand new, right out of it." And then I have to think about it a little bit. And, ah, damn it! <laughs> I yeah, I um, there's one other um, one other book that um, was the. Uh, the author was talking in an interview that she doesn't that she deliberately didn't do the same thing because they had asked her uh, when she was writing her memoir um, if she, you know, read other books while she was writing, and she had the same the same thought was you know I don't want their work to influence mine. I want it to remain yep. my story. And, you know, while I did not like her memoir, I think I got about halfway through it before I had to stop reading. 
um, you, I have to appreciate and I have to honor the fact that she wanted it to remain hers and she didn't want that she didn't want anything else to influence her writing. So, you know, I, I have to commend you for that. Um, so what, so if you're not reading anything right now, what is something that you have read recently that you would recommend to our listeners? Um, uh, I read, um, a couple of, uh, I'm trying to think of what her name is. It's, um, uh, I'm going to say Jenny or Jennifer, whatever, um, about uh, uh, a woman who gets hung up with a god and uh, lives in this castle and it's uh, what's it called a hundred thousand a hundred thousand tears a hundred I can't remember what the the title is but um, she's very good I liked her voice it was very uh, um, it, it was very compelling it was very interesting and um, I had, somebody had given it to me and told me, oh, oh, oh you'll like this. And I go, oh, my God. So I, I know what I like. It's like somebody buying clothes for you. You, you know what you like. The last thing you want are giant purple polka dots on. Oh, no, no, there you go. You look, stop. No, I don't want that. <laughs> and it turns out in this particular case, they, they were right. It was, a, it was an excellent pumpkin. I, you know, I am not sure that anybody would look good in giant purple polka dots. My, my friend Katie is the only one that I know of that would try. And I'm in as fantastic as she is. I'm not even sure she can pull off giant purple polka dots. <laughs> um, You'd be surprised. <laughs> Okay, so let's let's move on. What what is something since you since you've published um, more books than most of my listeners? Um, a lot of my listeners are on like their first or second books. What is something that a piece of advice that you would give? Um, new, new or newer authors. Well, that's a tough one. I, I don't know. I really, I really don't because not everything uh, works the same for everybody. You, you know what I mean? Uh, I mean, you could go to uh, your little convenience store that's a mile was a mile from your house. And uh, maybe the clerk had uh, uh, liked you and gave you a, a discount. When I went to do the exact same thing you did, uh, I wouldn't get that discount. But um, um, the only thing I can think of, because there isn't anything I can possibly imagine that I would have to offer anybody, would be uh, what I do is, is um, uh, first of all, I write for my wife. If I can make her laugh, I can make anybody laugh because she, we've been together for 52, 53 years. Oh, wow. As Congratulations. A, a job, uh, um, she heard all of my jokes more than once. <laughs> and so if, uh, if I can make her laugh, then, then I know I'm on the right track. And uh, what I do is, is um, uh, I write with a, um, 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 a voice in in the computer that I can play it back. So when I write something, I can visual, I can I can hear it. It'll read it back to me uh, out loud. And I I try to make um, I try to make all of my writing have um, a flow. Uh, a, a, um, think of it like a bell curve where things rise and they slowly go down the other side and then rise again and and that they that they have a flow and i always try to have a level of, of uh, conclusion at the end of every chapter before we get into the next one 
and doing that makes it um, um, that would be the only thing that I that I would suggest because if you read it back um, the problem with writing is is if you read what you wrote your brain inserts everything for you that you wrote yeah if you hear it, it, it you'll you'll find out that you um, you left words out but when you read yeah. it you no, that word is that, I'm telling you. No, but it isn't. You, you, forgot, you forgot to put put in her. No, I was talking about her. Of course it's it's there. Yeah. No, it's not. And and, and hearing it out loud, it, it allows you to um, hear that flow, that, that undulation of of storyline and uh, how it how it moves along. And if it's choppy and when you're hearing it, and the reading is going, I don't really, it, you know what I mean? It, it, it makes it more, uh, you're going, holy crap, I'm terrible. <laughs> and you, the, having it read back to you um, is, um, I think, the best way to do it. And if you're going to write, and it's a, a self-editing uh, kind of a thing that, uh, it sounds brilliant in your head, but when you hear it out loud, you go, "Oh, I shouldn't have said that." Yeah, I I think um, a lot of that is why I have a job as a proofreader, um, because you know when when authors are they're when they're writing, they can even hear it out loud and still miss things. And so it's, you know, it's always important to have that, that extra set of eyes or that extra set of ears on your work. And, you know, and I think that, that, you know, a book can make sense to the author and they're reading and, you know, you can have two people in one paragraph or two people in a scene and they're talking and you go from one paragraph to another and it's still saying he spoke, but it's a different he than it was in the previous paragraph. The author knows, yeah, the author knows who was talking. Um, but a proofreader or a beta reader or an editor is going through and they're like, okay, I have to go back three paragraphs to realize that this person is different than this person over here. And... So it's, you know, being able to find those subtle differences, um, even when you're editing yourself, you know, even when you are self-published and you're unable to afford an editor or a proofreader, um, it's, you know, it's super important to make sure that, you know, especially when you have two different characters in the same scene or in the same paragraph, clarifying who is speaking, and, you know, and I think that using that readback feature, I think that's a word feature, using that is super helpful in um, figuring out those, those subtle differences. And, you know, my sophomore English teacher, when I was in high school, she, you know, would tell us, you know, when we were writing a paper, she would tell us, read it out loud to yourself. You know, if we're writing, you know, if we were writing a book report, if we were writing an essay on a book, if we were, you know, anything, she would tell us, read it out loud because you will find errors that way, you know, and she said, and even reading it out loud backwards, um, you will, you will find those, those errors and those differences, um, and, you know, and it helps so much to hear something out loud. Um, you know, and I, I think that my, you know, even my first chapter Friday that I do here on the podcast, um, you know, I think is helpful to the authors because then they can actually hear what's going on in their story. And if there's anything that they think that they could go back and change or go back and enhance in some way, you know, just hearing that out loud, um, is, is yes. super helpful for them, you know. Yes, I, I think so very much so. And, and I, I definitely, uh, I personally, I cannot, um, uh, I can't edit. 
I can't spell my way out of a wet paper bag. I none, none, none of that. I, 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 I cannot. As much as I, as the many different things that I can do, that is a skill. I, I whatever it takes, I'll get the money. Trust me, I'll have somebody edit it because, uh, fortunately, my my publisher does that, and they they pay for someone to do that, and then they send it to me, and it, and it comes back, and all the pages are red. I go, huh. <laughs> okay, I missed one or two things, and so uh, uh, they and the uh, Trigar Publishing is great. Uh, uh, they they let me run around willy nilly, and with as many books as I'd like to be able to, to write, and when I have that time, and um, they. They do the covers, uh, they do the editing, they do um, uh, all that stuff. And, and when you're writing, you're going, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> this is my best ever. And then I get it back and I see all the red marks. I go, okay, maybe it wasn't as brilliant as I thought. It was, you know, like, well, and maybe, and, uh, they, maybe it was, it just needed a couple little tweaks. Yeah, well, that's exactly how I see it. Like, yeah. a couple of weeks. And, uh, that's, yeah, and okay. that's that's one thing that, you know, any, <laughs> anybody who has listened to this podcast for longer than five seconds knows just how much I love and adore and appreciate the, the indie book community and the self-published book community. Because, you know, yeah, there's, you know, there's those spelling issues and there's those grammar issues and, um, you know, all of those things that come with not necessarily having or being able to afford, um, especially if you're self-published, not being able to afford that, um, that editor or that proofreader. Um, but the stories are incredible. And they are, they're so unique and, you know, and they're told not, not necessarily because the author is looking to become famous. Um, I know that's the dream for a lot of authors is, you know, they, they would love to be as well known as Stephen King. I mean, I, I, that's probably the dream for 97% of them. Um, (laughs) But, but for, but for a lot of them that, that won't ever happen. Um, not because their stories aren't good. Um, but because the major publishers, they tend to, they tend to pigeonhole authors and, you know, certain authors are only marketable in certain genres. You know, Danielle Steele is, she writes love stories. She writes romance books. Nora Roberts yeah, writes like thrillers, you know, and, and while those books are incredible and while those books are amazing, you hand me a Daniel Steele book and I'm going to be able to pretty much tell you within the first five seconds of reading that book, how it's going to end. Um, you know, I own two Daniel Steele books and they are the only two that I will ever read ever again because they... Be, you know, because yes, she's marketable as a romance author and she's marketable as a love story author, but there's no way her publisher would ever let her come out with a fantasy book because she's not a fantasy right. author. She is a love story author. She is a romance author. Stephen King is a supernatural thriller author. Um, yeah. You know, and so the, the major publishers, they tend to pigeonhole these authors and you know, self-published and indie authors, they don't want to or shouldn't have to pigeonhole themselves into one specific genre. Um, And I think that's wonderful. I think that an author should be able to write whatever story they want to, whether it's marketable for them or not. And, you know, so this podcast and my blog and everything is designed specifically to bring recognition to these amazing authors who probably won't ever find a spot with the major publishers, if that makes sense. Yeah. 
Well, that, the problem is, is that um, the problem is really with the reader, uh, not so much with the publishers. Uh, the, the publishers are, their job is to make money for their authors and for that kind of stuff. And, and the people who read, they, let's say that they've got uh, five bucks. Well, um, a lot of um, e-books, um, my publisher are on uh, a regular basis if you're trying to um, advertise and find new readers and that kind of stuff, we'll, we'll lower the price to 99 cents. And so uh, that reader could get four of my books or four, five of my books and be, uh, and have uh, uh, for, for that five bucks when they, the company has sales and that kind of stuff. But what they, what they do is they buy someone they know. And because Stephen King uh, writes what he writes and Daniel Seal writes what she writes, they know in advance they're going to uh, enjoy that story and that's what they're looking for. And so their money is um, guaranteed. Uh, it's like going to um, uh, a fusion restaurant. Say, no, I only go to... Um, I only go to IHOP. Uh, I'm only interested in pancakes. I'm not interested in fusion. Well, fusion has pancakes and they have some other stuff that they put with it to make it more interesting. But <clears throat> people want to spend their money and get a value for their money. Right. And if you're unknown, like I'm, like I am, and like a lot of, like almost everybody is, is unknown. Um, they don't want to. They'll throw six, seven dollars away at Starbucks rather than spending 99 cents on you to find out what kind of an author you are. Right. Because they're, they're going to get that level of enjoyment. They spent their five bucks. This is what I got for it. It was worth it. Um, because they don't know you. They haven't read you. They haven't, uh, uh, they don't know enough about you to be able to uh, make that leap. They, they're afraid of of spending that money, yeah. And so that, that's that's what happens. If people were more um, adventurous, uh, adventurous, more, uh, yeah, 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 more adventurous, mm -hmm. more more interested in in finding something new. Uh, yeah. Like for me, all my books are are quirky. Uh, I'm not a romance writer, I mean, I, even though I write in a variety of different genres, there's always a little touch of romance, there's always a little touch of mystery, there's always a little uh, touch of uh, murder and mayhem, and it's the way um, it, it's the way that I see life. It, it isn't, uh, life isn't all one thing. Uh, so when I write, I put everything in it that I can to make it as uh, believable as possible, but all of my writing is very quirky. All of my characters are, uh, think of a Secret Life of uh, Walter Mitty and, and uh, that type of thing. That, those are the type of characters that I write. That's the type of writing that I, that, uh, I enjoy. I, I don't want... Um, no, I don't want to know what the news is. I don't want to know that people are killing each other. I don't want to know that that uh, uh, trains and planes and automobiles are crashing. And I, I want the world to be all uh, butterflies, strawberries, and unicorns <laughs> and uh, quirky, quirky ones. And 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 so if somebody picks up one of my books, I want them to be. Um, I want them to use it to escape that 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 everyday grind, that thing that um, everybody, uh, every every radio plays, every television plays, everything is is uh, murder and mayhem, and the world's coming to an end. And it's been doing it for the last four and a half billion years, and somehow or another we're still here. I, I don't want that. I don't want that. I want people to see my name and know they're going to have a good time, that they're going to laugh, 
and that it's a um, um, they're looking for something uh, out of the ordinary. That they're looking for quirky characters. They're not looking for that uh, uh, that that James Bond that that uh, uh, straight laced uh, uh, can do anything and everything. All of my characters are flawed. Trust you, me, very flawed. And uh, but they're but they're funny. They don't. They're not trying to be funny. But uh, I like to expose the things that people. Um, I have a book called um, uh, "My Grandfather's Pants," and uh, uh, the hero of the story, Jack Laskin, is is compelled by his mom to um, to wear these pants and because they're from his grandfather and they're his, his dad warm his grandfather warm and he should wear them well he, he relents just to so his mother get off his back and as it turns out those pants change his life the way that people see him the way that he sees the world the way that and so it, it becomes um he slowly becomes a different person and does things he would have never have done, and um, he's uh, interacting with other people. Before he's just an ordinary, uh, stuck in the uh, in his job kind of a guy, and because he wore those pants, his life gets turned upside down, but in a good way. And I think that's the way that I think that's the way that life is for for everybody. That the simplest most unexpected thing can put you on a new path that makes your life better because um, um, because you're everybody wants the same thing everybody wants to be happy everybody wants um, to sit on the couch under the blanket in the rain with a bowl of ice cream watching Netflix everybody's happy and um, I, I think that's how how life should be, and if you're going to spend your time and spend your money to um, buy a book, um, it should help to move you in that direction where you feel like that that was great. That's the kind of life I'd like, or that's the kind of uh, that's the kind of friend I would like, uh, like the Bob. Uh, everybody, like I said, everybody should have a Bob in their life. It's the way that I think that the world is. Okay. Um, so we have about 10 minutes left. Um, list real quick um, for us the seven books that you have published right now. Um, and then if you could, well, actually, no, we'll do it. Um, if you would message me as well. Um, the names of those books so that I can put them in the show notes uh, to give people an opportunity uh, to go and see if they want to um, support you and buy one of your books. Um, I definitely think I need to check Bob out. Uh, Bob, is, <laughs> Bob is probably my favorite name in the entire world. Um, it has been since high school. Um, I actually knew a Bob in high school and he was, he was just a super interesting human being. He was incredibly smart and could talk himself out of just about anything. I mean, he, he loved to debate and he loved to discuss things. And, um, you know, he was just a, a, an incredibly super human being. And so because of that, I, you know, I've just always really liked the name Bob. So whenever somebody, um, whenever there's a Bob in a movie or whenever there's a Bob in a book, um, you know, I automatically just kind of gravitate towards that. Um, because I, I kind of feel like I know what to expect from a Bob. Um, if that makes sense, uh, your Bob sounds very different from my Bob. Um, but I, you know, Bob to me is just a super cool human being. That's what that name says to me. Um, 
And the fact that your Bob is Russian is just, that is amazing to me because I, you know, I love the Russian accent. I love most um, of my favorite characters in movies um, are Russian. Um, the, the Russian from uh, Vampire Academy, uh, Dimitri, um, is, you know, a very cool uh, character. So... Uh, I, I definitely think I need to check Bob out. Um, but yeah, real quick for us, uh, go ahead and list the seven books, uh, that you have out right now. Uh, I have Bob and then, uh, I have the Eve project, which is a series. And the first of that one is machines of the little people. The second is the wishing stone. And then uh, my Tucker Littlefield series, uh, the first is The Gift, and uh, which is the Chronicles of Tucker Littlefield, and the second one in that one is Black Moon. Then I have My Grandfather's Pants, and uh, then I have uh, Service Before Self. Okay. So... I, if you will message those to me um, on Twitter, um, I will be sure to link to those um, in the show notes for everybody. Um, I definitely encourage you all to um, head over to Amazon or wherever you buy your books and uh, see if you can find any of these um, and support this super cool human being. Um, your, your books seem like they offer um, an escape um, in a different way than just a regular um, well, I hesitate to say that. Um, your typical fantasy, uh, your books don't seem like they are typical fantasy. Um, so they offer an escape in a different way. And I, I think that is super cool. Well, nice of you to say, uh, read Bob and then let me know what you think. And, uh, um, I, I'd be interested in knowing, uh, how you felt about it. Okay, definitely. Um, okay, so are there, we've got about five minutes left. Uh, do you have any last words for our listeners? I, I can't imagine what it would be. I appreciate your uh, taking the time to talk with me and let me uh, ramble on for the last hour or so. And uh, it was very kind of you. I Thank appreciate you. that. Well, thanks for coming. And, uh, um where can we find you? Uh, do you have a website? I know we can find you on Twitter. Um, I, I don't have a website. Um, I don't have a newspaper. I don't have a newsletter. I don't have um, any of those things. But you can go to uh, my publisher uh, who and see all of my books and as well as the other there's uh, over a hundred of us under this particular publisher. Oh, publisher. wow. Okay. And you could, you could find everything from murder and mayhem to uh, mystery to ghost stories to um, really, really some really incredible people uh, that write. Um, uh, you would really, that you would truly, truly enjoy. Okay. And some of them only have uh, uh, one book or two books out. And uh, if you are a writer and you're looking to publish something, get a hold of my publisher, Chagar Publishing. You can find them on Google. And uh, they have been absolutely uh, wonderful with me. And uh, I can't imagine them being any different with you or uh, anybody else. They, they are a great, great publisher who has taken wonderful, wonderful care of me. Okay. Can you message me at their website? Sure. Okay. Um, okay. Well, it, um, it was absolutely wonderful having you uh, with us today. Thanks for telling us about your books and uh, giving us some really great recommendations. Uh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Sorry it took <laughs> me a little bit. I had to install a thing and uh, oh, yeah, no worries. it just took a minute. Okay. I was waiting for, actually, I was waiting for you to call me, and it turned out, oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, thanks, thanks again for coming on the show. I hope everybody got a lot out of our discussion today. Um, 
And I will chat with you on Twitter. Thank okay. you, Thanks. Have a great weekend. You too. Bye. Bye.